The old team is off the scrap heap today with our first this month in wrestling history since August 2021 and Beach Blast 1992. Dan is in the room with me again. He hasn't left since the AEW revolution. I've been I've been dropping some hints, but he won't take him. How you doing, Dan? Backed by popular demand. The fans have been calling out for it. Yeah, they have. The yeah. fans have been screaming for it. I'll tell you what. There's a bloke on Twitter, Irish McNeil. Well, he was he was desperate for it. He said, "Bring it back." And Bring he start, it back. He started a petition and he got he got signatures on it. Okay, <laughs> and to that man and to all of those you all of you people that signed that petition, we're back. We're back. Uh, so we may come back to this format at some point in the future, but the reason for this special today is I was trawling YouTube for something. I can't remember what. Uh, I'm sure it's very wholesome. <laughs> yeah. My YouTube suggestive view tends to be a mix of classic wrestling and golf vlogs. But then I spotted it, a show I'd read about and even seen uh, one match of. Well, I thought I'd seen one match, but I hadn't actually. Um, but I'd never seen the whole thing anywhere. And that was the SWS WrestleFest in Tokyo Dome from March 30th, 1991, just after WrestleMania 7, and featuring some of WWF's biggest stars. Now, to give the listeners a bit of a history lesson on SWS, whether you want it or not, in April 1992, Tenru, one of the top stars, stop stars, one of the top stars of All Japan Pro Wrestling, left the company to become a spokesmodel Spokesmodel? Spokesperson for Maga- Spokesmodel. That's a state of Wikipedia, that is. Spokesperson. He's had two beers. I've, had, I've not even had two. I've had one beer and a sip uh, of the I'm, I'm, on on my, I'm, on this, my, uh, I'm on my sixth bottle. Yeah, this, uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Beer of Moretti and Bud Light. You can guess who's drinking the Bud Light. Um, so, yeah, so one of the spokespersons for McGann Super, who were best known makers, were the best known makers of eyeglass in Japan at the time. This is really random, but this is this is fact. Um, and the company decided to use him as a launching pad for a new pro wrestling company, um, which McGann Super executive Hachiro Tanaka named Super World of Sports, SWS for short. So with his backing, they threw big money offers at a host of All Japan and New Japan stars. And later in 1990, they signed an interpromotional deal with Vince McMahon and the WWF and set about their road to their first Tokyo Dome show the following year. So this promotion would only last until 1992, when a general Japanese economic downturn contributed to its demise, with its last show being promoted on June the 19th, 1992. So I believe this version was ripped straight from whatever station in Japan this aired live on. Actually, I've got I've got some notes on it at the end. Actually, I do know, and um, we got some electricity bolts showing the Ultimate Warrior in the title, which he'd lost some three months earlier, um, with bolts shooting out of his eyes. The SWS logo straight and strong at the bottom of the screen. Then a little shot of the Tokyo Dome with a remix of the Warriors' music over the top uh, before we went inside. And this allegedly drew 36,000 people to the Tokyo Dome, which must have been considered a resounding success at the time. Um, one of the best things about reviewing this show is the commentary was in Japanese, which cuts down the workload by approximately 60%. So how do you, what were you feeling about doing this show when I sort of suggested it? Because this is a bit, bit of a random one. I think I, I, was, I was very keen that the, the mix between... Um, the, 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 yeah, the mix between Japan and WWF... At the, you know early 90s which I know very li- little about um, you know and it's, it's interesting right so <clears throat> so when you when you look at Twitter now and things like that because of things like Twitter you, you, you're able to see more Japanese like global wrestling let's just say yeah um, back then that wasn't you know you had no access to stuff you had no really. access yeah. so I, lo- I love shows like this and I love that WWF went over there um, 
See, I was quite key, keen to watch it because of the match, the, one of the matches you'd mentioned, which um, actually wasn't even on the show. Um, so, because I watched it first, um, to which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to, but Steve said to me, have you watched that match yet? What did you think? To which I replied, it was all right. And then he tweaked, did you not notice this? Yeah. No, you got the wrong show. Um, but I'm not disappointed. I, I'm not disappointed that I've reviewed it. Yeah, indeed. And what we what better way to start than the Rockers and the Heart Foundation in the first match? Um, so I'm sorry, I'm just just slightly distracted because we've got a pizza in the oven. So just keep an eye on that. So that's that's as professional as it gets at Pro Wrestling Moments Towers. Uh, the ringside apron had big flow in capital letters on it, and I'm not sure what that meant. Um, Brett and Jim would only team another four times prior to the formation of the Heart Foundation faction in 1997, and they actually only did one traditional tag match during that entire run. Um, I quite like this, you know, exactly what you'd expect from these two. I'm probably just scraping to a low recommend for me. I haven't got the times for these matches. I don't know if that's a theme throughout, but um, yeah, Brit, Brett, Brett, <laughs> Brett Pinshaw Michaels, a sentence that's always lovely to say, um, after rolling through a crossbody block attempt from the top rope. Oh, I have got the time in 14 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, what did you make of our opener here as I'm yeah. getting up to do the pizza? Yeah, it was all right. Uh, it's interesting because obviously, again, add to dynamics, it's in the Tokyo Dome. Um, which actually, there was quite, a, there was a lot, few empty seats actually. It looked, it looked a bit more like a gym than, than yeah. the Tokyo Dome that I, that we see now. Um, and also, when when the two teams come in, well, no, sorry, not when the two teams, when when the bell rang to start the match, it was it was quite quiet. It was, it was silence. So if you think the Rockers versus the Heart Foundation in America, that would be that's big news. Well, they probably didn't know who they even either. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So so it was very. It was very strange. There was, I think, the first woo was Janetti slid. That I think done some sort of slide to to avoid a move or something, and that got a woo from the crowd. Um, I'd say in regards to the to the match itself, I just got here that you know top level wrestling, two well oiled tag teams. Um, there was lot. There was just stuff that just. Do you know what? This is if these people wrestled now, you wouldn't be going, it's dated. Like, these 100% people not, yeah. are so good. Um, there was something I noticed, I've never noticed before, which was um, the partners switched when the ref weren't looking by making a clap noise. So there was one bit where Anvil, yeah, yeah. Anvil wanted in and because Brett was struggling, the ref weren't looking. So Anvil just clapped his hands really loudly yeah. and the ref said they'd been attacked. That's a classic heel move. So I love heel that. In this match. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. that. I'd yeah. never noticed that before. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I, as I put here, I've, I've got um, you know it was it was all right, um, but I put the same thing. Brett steals the win to pin HBK. Dot dot dot. Good exclamation mark. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, a good a good a good start. But also interestingly, a WW. I've made a little sort of few notes on on, on the on the who's involved in each. It's a WWF only match here, so this was a yes. There was no cross cross thing, which is the, I'll come to why I've made that later on. Absolutely. So, Earthquake John Tenter versus Koji Katow. Now, I'm going to pre preface these notes with the Sorry, can I just say, go on, go on, go on. Just yeah. before you get to that, I was going to say, I also made a couple of notes because after each match, there was always an interview. Yes. Um, yeah. And just on this one. Um, oh, I haven't read, they've read these notes. Sorry. Oh, let me do it and you can do your oh, comments. Yeah, sorry. But Brett was asked, to, the, 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 it went to the guy, and, and obviously, this was the first interview of the evening. Yeah. So he was speaking in Japanese and yes. he gave the microphone to Brett and Brett answered it, not in Japanese, but he answered it in English 
but he answered the question that was posed to him in Japanese. Okay, okay. And the answer also suggested he, he had a future in Japan, that he was going to wrestle in Japan yes. more often. I don't know what happened there, and if that if that, if that materialised, I'm assuming not. No, no, it did, it did actually. Sorry, sorry, I completely yeah. missed a section of my notes. So, oh, sorry. So Brett said Japan has been waiting for the technique, right. and the excellent execution is there, and he couldn't wait to get to Kobe uh, to show everyone what he could do. So there was a follow-up show called Wrestle Dreaming Kobe right. a few yeah. days later, that I could not find on YouTube, but that was another WWF SWS show a few days yeah. later, and they do some other stuff the year after. But, but the as question well. wasn't translated into English. Brett just answered it. No, no, I don't know whether. But that's clear, that, I no, mean, I'll come to why I've made a note on that later on. Well, ultimately, I can tell you now, everyone else got it translated. Yes, except for Brett. Well, Brett can do anything, can't he? Basically, yeah, I'd well, say. I, that's why I was waiting for that. So, <laughs> yes. So yeah, this next one. Now um, we'll move on to the match that yeah, we're watching, but that, that we, we've tuned in for. So John Tenter and Koji Katao. <laughs> you know, I made a mistake here. There is a very famous John Tenter and Koji Katao match that dissolves into a shoot, and I saw it years ago, and I thought it was in this. It was in this show but it wasn't it was in the one a few days later uh, but stay with two me two days later two yeah days two days later. later but stay with me as I wrote the following as if it was that infamous match <laughs> so here we go so suspension of disbelief for a moment here um, so I so next up the most infamous match of the whole show <laughs> John Tento got a good reaction from the crowd and had had a legitimate sumo career in Japan and a run in all Japan also versus Koji Katao Koji had also had a career in sumo a far more successful one than Tenta albeit he was ultimately expelled from that world for physically punishing a younger stable mate and also striking his stable boss's wife after a heated argument not ideal um, so it was with this backdrop that this match was put together the first couple of minutes appeared to be normal enough until the two seemed to no longer be cooperating and it started appearing a bit messy. They seemed to this get... isn't the match. No, I know it isn't. So I know it isn't. This is just how I saw it. What he's talking yeah. about here. Uh, they seemed to get back on terms and did a test of strength, which Katal landed two kicks to Tenta. He then got out of the way of a charge and they locked up again. Tenta seemed to be trying to work and he delivered a back elbow and put Katal into a bear hug. But Katal fought out again and this section seemed to be fine. Obviously it was fine. Uh, we even then got a chin lock uh, spot, some trading of blows and a suplex that Tenta cooperated with for a great near fall that the crowd bought into. Katal took a body slam and actually this was turning something pretty good at this point. Then Tenta hit the earthquake splash for the win in 6 minutes and 10 seconds. And I was dumbfounded. And a quick Google then made me realise my mistake that the infamous, infamous mum infamous one was two days later in Kobe uh, this was fine probably not quite recommend but very watchable um, and I'm going it was alright and the crowd lapped it up so what did you make of the second most famous John Tenter and Koji Katao so, match in history I'd say it was alright mainly because of the crowd the crowd, yeah. was, the crowd were bang up for this I don't know whether it was a novelty of like two men that sort of looked like they should be sumo wrestlers it was sumo it? stuff yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there was a lot of comedy while trying to knock each other down it was basic but the reason I enjoyed it was the crowd, which you're getting into. I've just put in, I've put the, the word crowd three times in my notes. Mm. Classic earthquake finish, you know, you can't possibly do that. I don't know whether we now want to discuss the real match or well, we're going to I, save you, that. You, you go ahead and discuss the real match. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, so just, so I, obviously I finished watching the event and then as I sort of alluded to, Steve messaged and said, what did you think? To the point I went, it was all right. Then obviously once he told me, I went and, I went and found, found that the match happened two days later. Um, and just to put that, that, that match in perspective it's, it's like nothing I've never seen before really so that match was on the, the one we're reviewing just then it's 30th of March and on the 1st of April 91 um, there's a video on YouTube which just says after fight two how would you say Katow? Katow yeah Katow um, 
said wrestling was fake, tent is fake, and then and then was fired. Um, and then when you watch the match, neither it, it's a real fight. Um, the crowd's actually pro tenter actually, um, which is well I felt interesting. But if you ever if you ever wondered if you, if you ever thought you know what's the difference between a real fight and a wrestling match, right? Which I'm sure you know everyone's questioned in their life. This YouTube clip, but if you haven't got the YouTube clip, just watch match one, which is a wrestling match, and match two, which is a fight, and see the difference. And if people go to you ever, fight would be better. Watch the two and tell me which <laughs> more enjoyment you get from. Because I'll tell you what the fight is. The fight is from, again, I'm sure Americans have the same, but for the English, you're in a, a Weatherspoons, someone's knocked someone's beer over, and it's, yeah, you want some, do you? Yeah, I will, someone. Yeah, I'll go, come on then, come on then. Yeah, want some? Yeah, come A, a punch that is, there's punches and kicks swung that are nowhere near the other person, but it's that testosterone filled moment. When they do manage to catch each other, it's sort of, they end up cuddling each other or yeah, knocking yeah. each other around. They're staring down, they're clenching their fists, they're, gonna, they're telling each other what they're gonna do to each other. But when they both, but all they do is swing the punches, swing the kicks, and it is the most bizarre thing. And then what happens is the ref then gets kicked by Katao, which means he's disqualified. He walks straight out of the ring, picks the mic up, and then that's where he says about the fakeness. Yeah, he says wrestling's fake, basically. Tend to yeah. sort of, well, Earthquake's giving it the, giving it the big I am, I've won. But yeah, it is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. But that's all. What's great about this YouTube version is they show match one and then match two, and I just think it's worth. I'm so glad I watched it because I think it's so interesting to watch. That was a wrestling match, and that was a fight. Don't tell me. Oh, I just wish I want to see them fight actually rather yeah. than wrestle. No, you don't, because it was a real fight. It wasn't a boxing match where the aim is you know got your gloves on. This was a I'm in the pub and my balls are bigger than your balls type vibe. It's awful to watch, but it's funny. It really is, yeah. But the, it was, the match was good as well, one wasn't it? One of the strangest things I've ever seen. Um, and that was the subsequent one. I mean, there was an interview after um, where Earthquake, I think, talks a lot about his sumo career. I actually had a little look, and he he, he had a different name in, in that. He was Koto Tenzan Toshimitsu. Was he? I didn't know that. And he had a 21-7 record. Had three, and he also held three championships as a, and was in the Sedoga Take Stable. So I think he was a proper sumo wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earthquake. Um, so for that guy then to go, wrestling's fake, you're fake, to a guy that's had a sumo career. Now, look, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert in sumo, so I'm guessing. But he still had a sumo career. Let's yeah, give no, the guy a little legit. bit of credit, right? Yeah, no, both legit. Anyone yeah, yeah. that steps in a ring. In any any event, if whether it's you know the top the top draw, say for example boxing, the top draw boxing or white collar, which we have over here, which is office workers. If mm. you've got the nuts to stand in that ring, I'm sorry, you you've boxed, right? You've had a thing, yeah. you know. I wish I'd had the, the you know the nuts to do that. Um, but yeah, it was. Please, if you've got that match was it was all right. Uh, recommend would be the next fight, which nothing happened, but I'd recommend it just as for wrestling history. Yeah, I think it's one of the more famous shoots out there, but. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Katow was just not happy about jobbing twice in a row when he was the second biggest heel in SWS. He stopped cooperating in the match. Um, and as I said, he got on the house microphone and shouted that wrestling was fake. 
he was then fired, albeit he did return to wrestling in 1992. But yeah, a very infamous story that I'd go out of your way to go and go and watch. But watch the other match first, because the, the first match actually is a, is a decent little uh, a decent little contest that the crowd are into. Um, so next up, we had Ted DiBiase and Haku, uh, which is a bit of a strange team, versus Takashi Ishikawa and the Great Kabuki. Uh, Ishikawa was best known as a tag team wrestler and champion in all Japan and Kabuki wrestled all over the place and had several runs in the States and also an appearance during the 1994 Royal Rumble. Uh, Greg Valentine was shown at ringside uh, during this and let out a nice little wave to someone who I couldn't identify in the crowd. Um, I'm not sure whether it was because I was eating my lunch while watching. Um, this was a dice lamb shoulder with veg. It's just over three months until Marbella and it's absolutely diet time, hence the Bud Light while I'm drinking while I'm doing this. Um, or whether it was just, just not that exciting, but I really struggled to get into this match. Uh, and the length of this and the lack of crowd heat didn't really help. Um, DiBiase eventually pinned Ishikawa in 15 minutes and 16 seconds with a back suplex. This was a skip for me. What did you make of this, uh, this tag team match? So... I see. I see. It. This is uh, the WWF going up two nil. As I, as I viewed it, mm. um, which is quite interesting. I think when you do these shows, um, apparently Kabuki they claim was the f- like the first when I searched him, the first man to blow mist in opponents' faces. Oh really? I would have thought that'd have been Muta, but maybe Kabuki yeah. out, out was, was yeah. pre him. Yeah. And also, interestingly, all four men are still alive. Good. Yeah, a rarity. A, yeah, uh, I thought it was a solid tag, tag match. DBSE. Um, involving the chair which as this pay-per-view or whatever it was called premium live event continued <laughs> the chairs there's a theme around not only the chair being involved but the 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 the, the, the country or, or the promotion that uses weapons shall we say um Haku looks incredible um and I actually ended up I looked at Haku and just thought, my God, you look so good. Yeah. And I thought, maybe I don't know enough about you. So then I went and looked on him and you realise, God, I didn't really have the... It says he, he was a tag champion with Andre the Giant. Yep. WWC hardcore champion. He was also a tag champion in SWS with Yatsu. Then he also won Wrestling Observer's Worst Worked Match, 1996. Who was that against? A Towers of Doom match at Uncensored. Oh, it was when it was... I've not, I don't think I've seen it, but it was Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan versus about 10 people uh, in a triple... I think it was a triple-decker cage. But uh, yeah, we should review that, really. Yeah. So I wrote <laughs> that we did down on the basis you definitely know it. Yeah. No, we did Uncensored 95, which was the... Yeah, because um, that's what I thought when I saw Uncensored. Yeah, Blacktop like, Bullion. No, Dust It was the year before we did, which is just about to come up to our anniversary, so I'll tweet that out when it comes on it. Uh, um, yeah. It's the longest match on card, 50 minutes, an absolute slugfest, and it was one with a backdrop. <laughs> um, it's a skip. skip yeah. <laughs> right, next up, um, Sergeant Slaughter versus The Ultimate Warrior. So the big Royal Rumble 1991 rematch was next. Warrior got a really good pop when his music started and he decided to leap over an aisleway barrier and into the crowd where he scrambled around for a bit before he met Slaughter in a ringside seating area. Warrior had pink pants on, which I can never recall him wearing in any other matches. And Slaughter bumped like a maniac in this, regularly landing over the guardrail and took one incredible spill over the turnbuckles. Uh, Warrior, th- Warrior, th- oh Warrior, threw a ringside table and hit Slaughter with it ever so gently, um, which for some reason did not lead to a DQ. Slaughter also retaliated with a chair. Uh, perhaps this was no hold bars, and we just didn't know, so couldn't you know, couldn't understand what the commentators were saying. Um, do you think his face paint was a ball ache every night, or, or was it a? Tra- I always wonder if it was a transfer. See, 
I think I think we might have alluded to this. We've, when, I've definitely spoken about it before, but I can't remember when. Yeah, I think it was when we went to the darts. Right. Okay. And okay. I dressed. I was Ultimate Warrior, wasn't I? Yeah. And I had a mask. Yes. And I remember going online to get to see what the face paint situation was, and actually, a lot of it was templated. But then, even then, you know, my face is different to other people's face. I've got beard for a start. So it was never a word. But I mean, yeah, I do wonder if. I think he probably had like they, they put a template and it was that like sort of colour paint by numbers yeah okay vibe um, but yeah I don't know for him it's uh, it, it, this was this was a match um, you called it a 9 one rematch this was a match for the Japanese crowd to see on the warrior in my mind it was really and yeah. That. And, yeah and actually they probably didn't need a, a big a, 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 like Sergeant Slaughter to me is a fairly big name I don't think they actually needed a big name like that this was to showcase the armor warrior yeah most definitely um oh i haven't said said the finish have i warrior no. won with his splash in seven minutes and 14 seconds and this wasn't great i think the highlight was warriors confused scrambling in the in the crowd pre-match um have to go for back-to-back skips here anything else to add on on this one yeah i'd say skip i mean yeah. as i said it was what it was uh, there's a couple of little bits that make me laugh um japanese commentary but every obviously so often there's, there's something that's not a translation mm. So I heard G.I. Joe, which I assume was talking about Sergeant Slaughter. And I also heard Pump Up. Pump Up. Which I assume was for Old Warrior doing his, his right thing, which was great. He threw the table like a chair. Yeah. And also, it wasn't, a, it wasn't your conventional table that we see now. It was like a table from a school fete. It, yeah. was, it, it, was, a, it was a table, a real table. Like, a, <laughs> like not something I think is meant to be used as a wrestling prop. No. Um, but there was a lot of chair action and it goes back to what I alluded to earlier on and, and, and I'm not just talking about now um, during the show the only people to use chairs mm. are the WWF stars. oh right okay yes yeah and I think I'm not sure if that was a thing to try and say I don't know in America they do it different they, they do they're, they're more hardcore or something but there's no Japanese wrestlers that use weapons during the show um, classic old Warrior finish I said and it, this was for the fans so it's a skip yeah if you, if you if you like wrestling this was this was this was the epitome of an exhibition yeah that's a really good way of putting it actually um, we then got some highlights on eight man tag that took place before the main card um, started then Hacksaw Jim Duggan's defeat at the hands of Kendo Nagasaki which is also uh, before the main card and this was not our Kendo Nagasaki as was featured heavily on World of Sport in the UK in the 70s and 80s and Duggan lost with a knee to the stomach and a so, super kick. This was this was the this was so I, I had a little bit of, uh, research about yes, this and also spoke to my grandparents. This is well. not him. No, it's no, not yeah, him. Yeah. When I, I search Kendo Nagasaki, it doesn't come up. Kendo Nagasaki is this bloke or the British bloke. It says Kendo Nagasaki is a masked wrestler. Yes. So yeah. I.e. I could rock up tomorrow in AEW and call myself <laughs> that. That that's how I read it. No gimmick infringement. Um, so, because my original thought was, is this the original Kendo Nagasaki that I'm watching? But I got the gist that this could, this bloke could be Kendo Nagasaki this week. Next week, there could be a 40 stone bloke that could be Kendo. Well, that's the, yeah. that's, the, that's the definition I got is anyone can be Kendo Nagasaki. They do do that a bit in, in with gimmicks in Japan, depending on who owns the gimmick. Because there's, there's some like cartoon and... Um, anime and manga, I suppose, is probably the right way to put it. Yeah. And like, t- there was more than one Tiger Master, for example, and things like yes. that. So that that is a thing. Um, Duggan lost with the knees to the stomach and a kind of super kick, and he stood up straight after the pin 
presumably absolutely delighted to be doing the job here. Any, anything to add more on these two kind of highlights packages before we got on to the um, next, next match? So I put early 80s, this would have been a dream match, but then I realised after it's not, it's not the British <laughs> Nagasaki. Um, there's one bit, I think, oh yeah, Duggan shouts out, I got him, baby, I got him. <laughs> and then two kicks later, he lost. Um, and as I said, I... Uh, as I've looked my notes here, I, I asked my parents that I said, Kendo Nakasaki, what do you think? And they said, oh, he's the masked mas wrestler. Yeah. Um, but we've just alluded on that. But yeah, um, fair play for the recap. I didn't mind it. Because I, I actually think looking back, on Kate, I, I'm not sure the actual order of, 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 of the matches, it was very difficult to see. Yeah, and this is something about the next uh, one as well. Yeah. So yeah, but no, nothing really more to add than that. So, um, confusingly, this next one was listed in a different place on, on Cage Match, and we got Demolition versus Shinichi Nakano and Shinji Takano, and I believe this actually took place before the Hearts and the Rockers on the night, but who really cares? Uh, and this was Smash and Crush. Uh, this was the Smash and Crush version of the team, following Bill Eadie's WF departure in late 1990. Um, Crush hit a weird crossover of a pile drive and a powerbomb near the end, which looked like it probably hurt him and could have killed the other guy. Um, Demolition got the win with their demolition, demolition decapitation in 5 minutes and 22 of skippable minutes. So the hat-trick of skips, the holy grail, you might uh, say, has been achieved on this show. What do you think of this short demolition match? Yeah, demolition absolutely bullied them. Um, particularly, there was one of the guys, I don't know which one, who was in uh, black, and white, black and white boots. Black with white boots. Um, he looked like he was doing it in his pants, like he'd forgot his PE kit, which we have over here. <laughs> Sounds pretty weird in America if you don't know what it is, but back in England, if you forgot your pee kit back in the day, you had to do pee in your pants. Um, but you'd also probably, so weird but probably if you go on Google and find out about teachers that are oh now in prison God. for other instances, you'll see that that doesn't happen. Anymore. I'm pretty sure that in 2023, kids aren't made to do pee in yeah. their pants. Yeah, uh, there was another chair shot in this match from the WWF. Um, I put this is one of the best or the slickest match. Uh, I put it as a skip, and I've also put the fact that we are watching this because Steve's. <laughs> we are watching this for a match that never wasn't even on the card, <laughs> and I'm on three straight skips. A lovely uh, time. Uh, and I've got about. Have you got about the interview? Yeah, I've got the promo coming up next. Yeah. If you talk about that, because there's something I noted on on, on it. But. So little demolition backstage promo where Smash confirmed they would be on the next SWS tour. Uh, Crush would get anyone out there and would crush them. Smash was going to get on top of them and smash them. And Crush said, demolition means respect anywhere, especially in Japan. Especially. They chopped each other a bit. And this was actually, though I've probably done a bad job explaining it, this was much better than the match. What did you think? Do you have anything to add on this? Uh, well, this I was going to say the interview was more about going back to early on. The interview had translated for these guys. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And that's what yeah. made me go, Brett understood. Yeah, he did. Um, he translated the whole question. I will get to the fact that... the he spoke for say thirty seconds in, in or twenty seconds in, in Japanese, and then the question was twenty seconds in English, and I'll come to why that's relevant uh, later on. So Naki Sano and Masakatsu Fanaki next. So I was hoping that business was going to pick up for this. Uh, Naki Sano, perhaps most 
Most crikey. I, I've botched that name twice now. It's quite a difficult name to pronounce. Two I'm beers just, and a pizza. Yeah, two beers and a pizza now. I'm down. I'm, I'm struggling now. Uh, Sano is most famous for his feud with Jushin Thunder Liger um, and was in action against Masakatsu Funaki, who some 11 years later would win the triple, triple crown title in all Japan. That's their top title. That's just recently been won by Yuji Nagata in an absolutely fantastic match with Kento Miyahara that I would recommend anyone go out of their way to find. It's on YouTube. Um, Funaki was only 21 years old at the time of this match, which the crowd was into from the start as the two landed stiff-looking leg kicks. Now, from my very limited Japanese, this was a UWF-styles match, which basically is like a worked hybrid MMA match rather than traditional wrestling albeit without punches um, and later in the match my suspicions around this were confirmed with some guys at ringside with UWF tracksuits on um, and I felt like the crowd really wanted to get into this but what they were given wasn't to their taste uh, when Sano hit a suplex they popped however when they went back to grappling and half-hearted submission attempts they were quiet again eventually Funaki hit a great German suplex and made Sano tap with an armbar in 10 minutes and 23 seconds and the UWF tracksuit guys celebrated like they'd won the World Cup or how the boys celebrate when Casper Amor is announced on Love Island. Um, I've not seen a huge amount of this style, um, but I have seen some really top-level stuff in UWF. There's one UWF match from maybe 86 or 87 that Meltzer gave five stars to that was, was superb. Um, and sadly, this is another major disappointment and another skip, albeit it might have some interest for people who are a fan of Sano's work. Um, what do you think of uh, Sano and Funaki here? So I thought to start the crowd were live for this one. Um, so mm. I, was, I didn't know these guys, so I was like, here we go. And then after about a minute, I was like, okay, so hang on a minute. Are these not wrestlers? Is this a kickboxing match or an MMA match? I'm happy that you sort of mentioned it. Cause I, I was like, oh, okay. So is this like, yeah, they've put, they've just put like the equivalent of a UFC in the middle of the card because yeah. it's an exhibition. Yep. Um, Cause technically they're great, but it, it wasn't wrestling. Um, and I would say at the end as well, Funaki, he just avoided a 10 count. So literally barely avoided the 10 count and then landed a submission like everyone like yeah. he was as fresh as a daisy um, the commentators had lost their mind <laughs> they thought it was the greatest thing ever I didn't so I put skip <laughs> four skips that must be a record I don't know whether, whether um, there was one mention uncensored that I think wasn't a skip early on wasn't it I can't remember mm. exactly what that was now um, but the, yeah this well, four skips rule must have been up there yeah I think we I don't know I, yeah this must be a record four skips I'm skipping forward through several primaries. Sorry, you wonder why it, uh, this month from Rishi's she got cancelled. <laughs> he picks the, the, the things. So, I know, I know, know, I know. To be honest, the only reason that... It, it, to give you a, a look behind the curtain, the only reason that wrestling, um, this month in wrestling she got cancelled is because the pandemic, you had more time to watch this stuff. I'd love to be yeah. doing this once a month, but with various commitments. Now, even even um, Mid-South Moments or UWF final, final year is only once a month now. I used to do podcasts every week for like two yeah. and a half years. I don't know how we did it, really. But they were some fun times, weren't they? Especially if you want to hear Dan and I absolutely obliterate yeah, the yeah. podcast, go and listen to the After Montreal. Oh, I miss it, yeah. After Montreal was an absolute joke. We were smashed by the end. It was about three hours as well, yeah. wasn't it? I yeah. mean, this, this is <laughs> behind the curtain again. This is uh, we're, we're having beers now because we're we're about to. We're, after this, we're going to go and watch Fulham, and I assume you know we're going to have a few more beers, and we'll be a bit we're a bit like that later on. But this is great. It's just face to face and with beers. It's it, it's fantastic. But 
Yeah, some of them early, <laughs> early ones were, were superb. And, and, and maybe, maybe, do you know what? Maybe if we'd reviewed this in lockdown, we wouldn't have four skips. No, we'd, we'd have been sitting there going, this is a must watch. Four must watch. <laughs> uh, so skipping through several promos at my Japanese language skills that are fading rapidly, we're not good enough to translate. We've got the battle of Intercontinental Champion Mr. Perfect versus the Texas Tornado and former IC champion himself, Kerry Von Erich. And Kerry in his most famous role, was a member of the Surrey Superstars stable back in 1990. Wow. Yeah, it was. That yeah. is the best thing I've heard today. Yeah. Do you, so you know that the, 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 the Surrey so Superstars... Eric was in it. Who yeah, else? it was Surrey Superstar himself and then my real name. So I played two characters. <laughs> <laughs> so Surrey Superstar was like WWF title level. My real name was Intercontinental title level. Oh! And Kerry Von Eric was somewhere in between. So yeah. What I, interesting... Yeah, I know. My, my, I know. See, I was a bit later. My, my guy was... Um, fire as my man was he who sometimes wore a mask and then did a mixed it up because he was in DX okay and to yeah. be honest you know what he done he sold his soul depending <laughs> where the storyline was going he was in DX but you know what when they done the corporation being the ministry he got involved in that oh did he he was yeah. ministry he was corporation <laughs> he was wherever he, he was to be honest he was he was he was there for the ratings and, uh, and and even though he was me, I didn't like him. I didn't like him. I didn't like him. Horrible man. Oh, amazing. Anyway, um, so I looked on with great interest at this match, given that my old stable mate Carrier was in it. Um, Perfect took a lovely spinning bump from the discus punch on the outside in the early going. Uh, Kerry went for the claw to the stomach, which the crowd reacted to. And Kerry was a veteran of some tours with both All Japan and New Japan, so definitely had some good name value on this tour. He even had a couple of IWGP title challenges against Tatsumi Fujinami in 1988 that were title for title with his world-class world title belt. Uh, perfect blasted Kerry in the corner of the chair. Well, he blasted the ring post and it made it sort of look like he got Kerry, uh, which didn't get the DQ. Um, but then he was later DQ'd for being inadvertently thrown into the referee. And this was an absolutely bizarre finish, which the crowd seemed perplexed by in six minutes and 59 seconds. The two of them continued fighting for a bit afterwards until Perfect retreated. What a show this has been. I think this is, this is five or four skips in a row. I don't know if we could be on five. Is it five? This is such a shame. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? The minute, the minute I saw the... I'm assuming you're asking me my thoughts, so I'm going to go... Yeah, go, you go ahead, the minute, yeah. The minute I sh- saw... We said about going back and watching Montreal for this, but I think you can... <laughs> you're slowly hearing us deteriorate right now. Um, the minute I saw that it was for the belt is the minute I knew that it was going to not be normal, a normal match. Because they weren't going to change out. The belt weren't going to change hands here. Um, I did love that, again, you just heard through the thing, he was Mr. Perfecto. Five skips. I couldn't... Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> Mr. Mr. Perfecto. Mr. Perfecto. I did have a look at Kerry Von Eric. Having... So I, did, I didn't know, you know... I never I never sort of tagged with him and stuff like, like, like my co-host did. But one of the most wasted talents ever, would you say? Um, Mr. Perfect had a bit of a weird career in that. No, not he? him. Von oh, Von Eric. Oh, oh, Mr. Perfect was fine. Yeah, one sorry, of, sorry, one, yeah. Of the most, one of the most wasted talents Kerry ever. was great. He just... Um, so wasted. What did they make him? Texas Tornado. It just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he only had one foot one at the time as well. Yeah, Which I yeah. still... mesmerises yeah. me. Um, I mean, Kerry, Kerry in... Legitimately, Kerry in like 85, 86 could have been... You, he was... I think he was... I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm pretty sure Kerry was younger than the Ultimate Warrior... You could have legitimately had a, a healthy and fit Kerry Von Eric win the title from Hulk Hogan yeah. at WrestleMania 6. That's how big he's, he was. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, every yeah. time I watch his matches, I'm like, wow, this guy's so good. Um, but he just, unfortunately, was never quite the same after the foot injury. Yeah. Um, and he had but even then, when you say problems. not the same, I mean, that's because WWF put him in matches that 
never going to show his. Well, you know, when you're whacking him in a, a ring with mid carders to low carders, there's only so much you can do. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I think they 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 put him to bed. I think the the, the gimmick didn't help him too much, but I just no. think he was it was too far gone at that point. Unfortunately, yeah, it's a shame. Um, this was back to a traditional WWF match. I thought the chairs were back again. Yep. Um, so the ref went down at one stage, still watching what was going on, but then I found out that he was going to DQ the bloke anyway, being thrown into the ref. But the chair previously, that was fine. <laughs> you can each have a yeah, chair, ridiculous. but you bumped into me. Yeah. Get out. Get out right now. Um, what a shame, because it could have been, but sort of knew that was going to happen when you, the minute it was for a title, there was going to be no title was changing hands no. and Mr. Perfecto was not going to win <laughs> Mr. Perfecto backstage with Hawk and Animal the Legion of Doom and they'd be featured later on in the main event the interviewer asked how will you fight tonight and Animal said they knew what they were all about and said Hogan hasn't been in the ring with them before and he wasn't going to like it Hawk said it was going to be their last day in Japan or possibly for the rest of their life so he's going to kill Hulk Hogan what did you think of this promo well this is, the, this is what I was leading to earlier on Earlier on, like that, sort of the commentator spoke for the, the interviewer spoke for a bit and then asked a question. Here, yeah, I'm not even joking. He must have spoken Japanese for about 30, 30, 45 seconds and then just translated it to how will you fight tonight? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like that's where I'd be going. Come on, what else have you been saying? You've been absolutely what we in Britain would say, mugging me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've gone translate it. How are you going to do later? Like, there's no way that's all you said. No. Um, yeah, and that, and that was a theme for the rest of the rest yeah. of the interviews for this guy. Uh, next up, we had the completely bizarre combo of wrestling heel the barbarian and life heel superfly Jim, superfly Jimmy Snooker versus Ishin Ricky and Yoshiaki Yatsu. Uh, Snooker got a good reaction again with him very well known from tours of all Japan dating back to the 70s and the mid 80s New Japan stuff before going back to all Japan uh, Yoshiaki Yatsu was a former five time world tag team champion in all Japan uh, this is actually decent um, especially the flying of Ishin Riki who hit a big springboard crossbody on snooker followed by a, ru- a running diving headbutt on the apron and Yatsu pinned the barbarian in 10 minutes with a bridging back suplex after a great near fall with a power slam that nearly spiked poor barbarian and um, I was waving a bit between it was all right and recommend for this, but I do think on the basis of this being a bit of an unknown gem, I'm going to go for a very low recommend, which is a nice change after what we've seen just before this. What did you make of this one? Yeah, I've got it was all right recommend. Yeah. Um, Snooker is such a world, like you realise how much of a worldwide name he was. Yeah. His, his name was thing. Um, he does look like he's been, he, he'd been enjoying Japan a little bit. <laughs> he looks slightly haggard and, 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 and larger than the, than the guy I, I remember. I bet he had been like yeah. Japan, yeah. Um, I thought that they looked like a good team together. They looked the part. They looked a bit like, the, the, they reminded me of like the Wild Samoans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wild Samoans. It's just interesting, Barbarian was a heel at the time, so it's yeah. weird that they teamed, but yeah, so fair they, play. So they look, they look good. Yeah. They look good together. And actually, on the on the contrast, Ishii and Yatsu, I don't know the background I assume they were a team. That the fans, know, yeah, that the fans are big on them. They look yeah. like a good team to the point. Actually, I, I actually wrote at the end. If I was in WWF, I would have sort of tapped them two up. I thought yeah, them two yeah. looked good. Um, yeah, and that, I, I like the bit where Ishi sort of went snooker on snooker. Mm. Um, the crowd were absolutely pumped. Um, I've also got that. I quite like that. 
to add to the chair shots and all that, when the Barbarian um, one point uh, stopped to pin, the crowd booed. Yeah. And it, I think the common theme for the, for this show was that the WWF or Americans are cheats. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that really added to it. Well, in, in history, all foreign, pretty much all foreign wrestlers were heels in Japan. That right. was a thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a really good bit where the ref, to, to see the shoulders on the pin, jumped, leapt across the ring like in a dive yeah, yeah. to count the three and he missed it well not missed it like they won the three and then he got the three but I enjoyed this so yeah it was it was all I recommend I really liked it good stuff uh, next up Randy Savage versus George Takano and sorry to burst anyone's childhood wrestling bubbles but this match six days after Wrestlemania 7 was the first of 37 ma- Savage matches that he had while supposedly retired from the World Wrestling Federation and the first seven were all under the cross-promotional SWS WF banner before he returned to American rings in July 1991. So Savage, who had only wrestled once before in Japan, got a great reaction from the Tokyo Dome crowd and even got on the microphone and dropped an oh yeah. He milked this entrance for every single drop and fair play for him to doing so. Uh, Takano came out to what sounded a bit like a new Kids on the Block remix, which I was absolutely for. Um, Savage was definitely healing up a bit still in this match um, with both a spit to the face and a slap followed by him retreating to the outside. Takano hit a jumping Jim Bronzello or a Carter level drop kick in the early going, which was great. Um, Savage managed to kick out of a top rope Takano splash that woke the crowd up after a fairly uneventful middle section of this match. Savage later went up to the top rope, knocked Takano's ring headdress thing away, nearly fell off, but then managed to compose himself for the elbow drop win in 13.42. Uh, the middle section was a little bit too dull for me to go recommend, but this is a solid, it was all right. Savage celebrated in the ring with his vest off because, well, why not? Dan, what did you make of this one? Yeah, so I think for me, this one was it was a case of a bit similar to Warrior. It, this, was, this was so that the, the Japanese could see the macho man. Um, I like the oh yeah. I mean, Macho's got the he's got the music, he's got the look, um, and then Takano comes out with his golden mohawk to try and it, don't try and don't try and be particularly when you take your golden mohawk off and he's just wrestling in black pants. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, again, Savage. He's, I think he spat. Um, he was threatening the commentary desk. He was slapping him. He was running away. And yeah, get, adding to the WWF are all cheats vibe. Um, bit of a slugfest. Um, there was a pile driver in there which made me wince a little bit. Yeah, I thought because I think both men were struggling to hold each other. To be honest, um, the Takano splash I think looked looked pretty. The Takano splash looked pretty deadly. But, yeah, uh, but obviously the Macho Man elbow is clearly worse. I put here Macho Man elbow is worse because he's the macho man um, and then I found myself very topical today when his music hit um, singing we all follow the Fulham over land and sea yeah. and Brentford yeah. um, which is very typical this is going out laughter but that's where we're off to later yeah we always used to sing Brentford back in the day but then it's ch- it switched to Chelsea yeah, yeah, no, it's still it? Brentford yeah. for me yeah, so yeah, yeah, found myself yeah. singing that not 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 uh, waiting for the first few verses and then being Jay Lethal's biggest fan <laughs> I, I went for the I went for the we all follow the Fulham so yeah it, it was alright it was alright yeah it was um, Savage backstage had his hat on and sunglasses and the interviewer asked how about your next match with Tenru and Savage said he remembered their last match that he lost and this time he was going to beat him and Savage actually lost to Tenru at the Kobe show two days later and I guess the idea of these promos I'm, I, I'm thinking that this was 
it must have been live for them to be on the show because these promos were, were to promote ticket sales. So fair, I mean, fair play for getting. I mean, on, on this one, I only had the, I thought the interviewer for the first time looked starstruck. Yeah, yeah. He looked yeah. starstruck in match, man. Yeah. He looked like so happy to be there. Well, yeah, you'd have to, you would be really. Yeah. So main event time: the Road Warriors versus Hulk Hogan and Janichiru. Oh crikey, I butchered that. Tenru in the main event. Uh, they were announced here as the Road Warriors, also rather than Legion of Doom, as they had been during this part of their WWF run. Uh, backstage, Hogan was with, was with Tenru, who had on ye- a yellow and red robe. Hogan said they were going to give the Road Warriors the fight of their lives. Not exactly inspiring stuff from the Hulkster here. Um, Tenru came out first and was followed by Hogan, who got a really good reaction. Is he me to say, as you'd expect, given his past adventures in Japan and worldwide popularity? The Road Warriors had definitely been enjoying some Titan Sports protein shakes as they were jacked to the absolute gills here. And Hogan had a big plaster on the side of his head, which looked a bit odd. Um, he was also busting the WrestleMania 7 match, so I'm not sure whether this had something to do with that or not. Um, I mentioned Takano's dropkick in the last match. Hawk hit one on Tenru that was in the Coco wear mold of trying to kill his opponent. Um, poor Hulk was busted on the forehead to go along with whatever was happening on the side of his face um, as was Hawk after a period of brawling on the outside of the ring um, I thought this match was really good fun Hogan had his Japanese working boots on and everyone tried to kick the absolute living shit out of one another um, and while the finish the Road Warriors winning by count out wasn't the strongest you can kind of see why they didn't beat anyone here this was 1991 after all so I do sort of understand it um, after the match, the fighting continued with Hogan and Tenru initially clearing the ring until the LOD got back in there with chairs, which they nailed a number of referees with. Eventually, the teams were separated by other officials and referees. I'm actually going low recommend of this. What did you think of this uh, this main event? Yeah, so I had I had a low recommend as well, actually. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I had straight away, I was like, Road Warriors, come on, this is Legion of Doom for me. Um, and, and what I loved about this is when I was a kid, so this is 91. Uh, so I was four, um, but growing up as a kid, the Legion of Doom and Hulk Hogan are the figures I had, like you know two of the yeah. key f- figurines I had. So watching this felt like a reenactment of of many many matches I I, I did in my in my room with with with, with the figures, um, and actually to be honest, watching some of this match, I think it was a it was very. It's like I written it, written it. Like, <laughs> there was like I think in my matches there was fights outside, throwing stuff each in. It was a bit of a, it was all over the shop. Um, you know, you had out of ring action. There was chair shots, clearly no DQ. You had the blood, blood on Hogan, which I think was fairly rare, and also blood in Japan must have been fairly rare. Um, so New Japan doesn't do blood. I'm not sure, but all, all Japan. Yeah. So yeah, not sure. Um, not really sure. Hawk's roar out the sleeper from Hogan again was bringing back so many memories for me. Um, so they throw in the tables and chairs. It was just literally like the the, the events I used to operate in my in my bedroom. Um, the crowd got their Hogan leg drop, um, which I think was was the era's one wing angel. If I had to probably say that, yeah. Uh, but yeah. their most finishers were, I guess. Um, Hogan stopped the pin with a chair which wasn't a disqualification, but a count out did end the match, which I found a bit strange. Um, and I love the fact that the Road Warriors got the win from running into the ring on a nine count, which is us again, going back to the bedroom or, or so that is playing wrestling on the computer, playing against the mate that doesn't know the rules. I actually think um, yeah. recently me and me and my partner, we, me and her went to a, um, a arcade bar in Glasgow or Edinburgh, Edinburgh. And they had an old, 
wrestling game on there. Right, okay. And to be honest, she was doing pretty well, pressing all the buttons and beating me up. And then I took her to the outside, and when it got to the nine, I ran back in the wing, <laughs> ring and got the thing, and she was like, "What? What's that about?" And this was that felt like that. Is it? Unlucky. There you go, like, yeah. It felt very much like that. Um, and yeah, it was just a bit pandemonium. It just felt there was there was just like after the bell. It was just there was just no sense of what was going on. It no, just no. felt it was very boyhood memories for me. Um, I would say, the only question I had out of it actually was very similar. The, the, the Japanese commentary team were sort of. They, they, and they still do now I think they sit so you've got the ring then you've got the ring side and then they sit sort of maybe like a step below very similar to boxing yeah yeah, yeah. judges so you've got so you've got that for Japan then you have WWE have it ringside and then AEW have it at the top of the stage yeah and just be interesting number one to, like I think the Japan way is maybe better but uh, the best one but what would you say the, um, the AEW one is no, there's, you can't even answer it it's the worst okay. at the top of the, yeah, yeah. do you not think at the top well, of the ring wall I think the problem with the, with the Japan one is it takes up ringside uh, it takes Space. up valuable oh, okay, yeah. your most expensive seats in the whole building over where they're no, where, yeah. I mean, the AEW one's got to be the worst I think because the, the, the well, commentators are so far away from the action the only thing I would say is they do watch the monitors and I think that I guess they could be ringside I think I, I'm not I'm not too fussed either way because they do watch the monitors I think and I think with the headsets, I'm not sure. But I like can... how they're getting involved in the in the. Stars. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I, but, I probably would. I probably pick the WWF or WWE way now of doing yeah. it at ringside. I think. But, I just, but then again, you are you are probably taking a row of seating yeah, out. I just find it yeah. interesting that each promotion, in a weird way, has it done differently. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that's well, very. It's a very subtle difference, right? WWF there's no reason for any of them to do it. Differently. No, no. WWF traditionally wouldn't do ringside like WrestleMania. They'd be up in the up yeah. in the gods. So yeah, or or, or further back. I think maybe by about WrestleMania seven they might have been ringside, but before that I don't think they were. But yeah, um, so sorry. What did you have this as? Sorry, uh, I went for low recommend. Yeah, I think I'd probably go the same. Yeah. So in terms of the show overall, it was different, and that's probably the best thing I can say about it. The middle bit had a lot of skippable stuff, albeit there was still enough across the opener, the Ishin Ricky match, Savage plus the main event to keep it watchable. Therefore, I'm going 5 out of 10 for SWS WrestleFest in the Tokyo Dome. Dan, what's your final score and final thoughts on that? Uh, exactly the same 5, five out, out of 10. 10. Nice. And the reason I would say to watch it is, again, I think we've covered this a lot of time in, in, in uh, wrestling history stuff. You're listening to this because you like wrestling history. Yeah. If you like wrestling history, watch it. Yeah, exactly. If you don't, if you yeah. want to go, oh, I want, oh, I'm a bit bored, I want to watch a pay-per-view, don't watch this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Watch WrestleMania 17, for yeah, example. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But if you want to watch something that's a bit different, give something like this a go. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's, 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 that's what it's all about. I mean, then I could still give it 5 out of 10, so what am I talking about? But, but, but no, I, I, know, I know what you mean. It's but, got, yeah. If you want to see some random stuff, like see Sean Michaels. This Shawn wasn't Michaels a waste and, of my time. This wasn't no, a waste exactly. Of my time. Seeing Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and stuff in the Tokyo Dome is like... And Hogan actually, you know, working really hard in the main event in '91. I yes. think I think it's worthwhile. Did you watch the video till the very end? Yes. So we got a little clip. Wow, wow. We got a little people people saying people saying wow, wow. wow so wow. it's a Who Do You Love by Whitney Houston, and then an advert of what was coming up on the Wow Wow uh, on Wow Wow the channel, um, which just, which was described as World Entertainment System. So so actually, this was a cable channel in Japan. So cable is not so prevalent, and pay pay kind of 
paying for streaming channels is not so much of a thing in Japan. So cable TV penetration isn't so big. So that's why I guess they had this live at the time. Uh, but Wow Wow actually still exists to this day in Japan and um, broadcasts, amongst other things, UFC and also Grand Slam Tennis Championship. So there's some facts about an obscure television channel you absolutely did not need to know about, uh, nor did I need to research. Only on Pro Wrestling Moments you get those sort of facts. Um, Dan, any final words before we end our, our together sessions and head off to... To Brentford versus All I can say is it's been wow wow. It's been wow wow. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with something at some point, I'm sure, very soon. Stay tuned to our social media and we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Sing it.